You're listening to the Course Report Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Course Report is the most complete resource for coding boot camps. On our site, we have thousands of reviews, hundreds of interviews, and a full directory of every coding boot camp around the world. On our podcast, we're sharing everything you need to stay up to date on this blossoming industry. Whether you're a boot camp founder or a future student, we hope you'll learn something on the Course Report Podcast. So welcome to our second Course Report Monthly Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. I'm Liz. And I'm Imogen. And each month we look at all the happenings from the coding bootcamp world. From new bootcamps to interesting trends to what we're seeing in bootcamps internationally. Plus, we released our big bootcamp market sizing and growth report a couple weeks ago. So you know we're going to talk about that. And this month, joining us for the first time is Lauren. Lauren is heading up communications and operations. So expect to see her more on the Course Report blog. Welcome to the Course Report team, Lauren. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome, Lauren. So did y'all see that Hillary Clinton was at Galvanize today? Yeah, I just watched her on Facebook Live, and she was also watching student final projects, I think. Yeah, that's what it looked like, which is pretty nuts. Um, All right, so Imogen, let's start with the market sizing report. Definitely. So every year we research and release a report on the size and growth of the coding bootcamp industry. And this year we surveyed 91 bootcamps around the US and Canada. That's compared with just 67 last year. So the full report is on our website, but we want to share the highlights with you. So basically coding bootcamps will continue their rise this year with about 18,000 students expected to graduate in 2016. In 2015, bootcamps graduated about 10,000 students, so this means the industry will have grown by 1.7 times by the end of the year. And as a point of comparison, around 61,000 students graduated with computer science degrees last year from accredited U.S. universities. That means bootcamps graduated about one developer for every three CS graduate each year. What else did we find in our report, Liz? Well, the average tuition price of qualifying courses is about $11,500 with an average program length of 12.9 weeks. That's compared with averages of 11,000 and 10.8 weeks in 2015. So what we're seeing is that boot camps are getting a little bit longer and slightly more expensive. Yeah, so a lot of money is being made by boot camps. Based on those 18,000 grads, we estimate that tuition revenue from US coding boot camps will be almost $200 million in 2016. That's a pretty sizable market. Wow, it definitely is. Was there anything that surprised you in this year's report? Totally. So this year, um, full stack JavaScript actually surpassed Ruby on Rails as the most common teaching language. It's used in 33% of courses. and To be fair, Ruby on Rails still remains super popular, but it now accounts for about 30% of courses. Also, I love that there are now coding boot camps in 69 US cities and 34 states. So students no longer have to move to Silicon Valley or New York if they want to do an in-person code school. And if you want to read more, our report was covered by a number of media outlets, including GeekWire, The Seattle Times, Quartz, and EdSurge. It was exciting to see the results of that report and also the media coverage because it confirms what we at Course Report see every day, which is that coding bootcamps are booming. Now onto general coding bootcamp news. More and more people are realizing the benefits of learning to code, and this month there have been a number of articles about why most people, especially those starting out in their careers, could benefit from having coding skills. Andrew Sorensen from Time Warner Cable News covered the latest report from Tech Systems, which found that programming is the most in-demand tech skill for jobs right now. This is the fourth year in a row that programming has come out on top, and it's not hard to understand why new coding boot camps are opening up all the time. 
In her article, Why Every Millennial Should Learn Some Code, Forbes contributor Lawrence Bradford explains why basic coding knowledge is useful for almost every job. Learning to code improves your problem solving and logic skills, plus companies in almost every industry now rely on technology to power and promote their businesses. And Liz, I have the perfect example of that. I just talked to a boot camper from ReFactorU in Colorado, and he used to be a real estate agent, but he now works as a developer at a real estate tech startup. True, I can't wait for everyone to read that alumni spotlight. That Forbes writer Lawrence runs an awesome site called Learn to Code with Me. Definitely suggest checking that out. Yes, Lawrence is awesome. Plus, she's actually written a guest post for the Course Report blog. Learning, uh, It's about learning Python versus learning Ruby on Rails. So go Lawrence, she's totally crushing this month. In other news, we're seeing a big trend right now of free or nonprofit coding boot camps opening in areas around the world where education is often hard to come by or where people can't afford to pay for training. Right, so TechCrunch journalist Sarah Burr wrote about Iraqi NGO Recoded, which has teamed up with New York-based code school Flatiron to help those refugees most susceptible to extremism in Iraq by teaching them programming skills. More than 200,000 refugees from war-torn Syria have fled to Iraq, but they are finding it very difficult to get jobs. So the hope is that this initiative will give refugees the skills to make a living in their new homes. San Francisco-based Reactor Corps has announced that they're partnering with a coding bootcamp in Jordan to help train Syrian refugees as well. So Reactor Corps runs a number of coding bootcamps like Hack Reactor, Maker Square, and Telegraph Academy. I'm sure people have heard of those. And now they've shared their Hack Reactor curriculum with Jordan-based Rebootcamp. That's what it's called. The aim is to help refugees create a successful future for themselves while helping to build a global pipeline of skilled tech professionals. A code bootcamp just for women has launched in Afghanistan to help women get educated and build a career. Wadia Samadi of News Deeply wrote about how the school, Code to Inspire, received the Google Rise Award for nonprofits promoting computer science education. The school wants women to be able to earn their own income and support their families, breaking the tradition of men being the sole income earners. There are now a number of tech initiatives for women in the country, including Tech Women Afghanistan, Technovation Afghanistan, and Tech Dara. And students are getting paid to learn to code in Nigeria and Kenya. Ainsley O'Connell of Fast Company covered the African coding school Andela, which runs a competitive six-month training program where students get paid during training and then go on to work for Andela hiring partners for three and a half years. And they have some amazing hiring partners, including IBM, Microsoft, Flightcar, and Payoff. And they have found it is actually cheaper to hire Andela fellows than San Francisco-based developers. That makes sense. So we always try to keep up to date on the relationship or sometimes even a little bit of tension between universities and coding boot camps. So what do we see in the news this month on that front, Lauren? Some people see the coding boot camp model as a way of disrupting the traditional education model of attending college to find a job. And Flatiron co-founder Adam Inbar agrees. His guest post in Quartz looked at how a new report has found nearly a third of Americans aged 16 to 29 have no work-related computer experience. And I think that shows the mismatch between what employers need and the skills job seekers have. Adam writes about why a traditional one-size-fits-all approach to education, like we see at college level, doesn't work for everyone. And that education needs to be better aligned to outcomes and what the market needs, with institutes like coding boot camps. But others are seeing coding boot camps as an opportunity for traditional colleges to diversify their teaching methods. Jarrett Carter writes in Education Dive that with the rise of crash courses like boot camps, degree-granting schools should actually collaborate with boot camps. 
This would capture the market of people who are looking for job-ready practical skills. He says that this collaboration is actually necessary for the benefit of the overall economy. And we're already seeing this happen with a number of universities who have partnered with boot camps. One example is General Assembly and Lynn University. Other universities such as Rutgers, UT Austin, and the University of Central Florida are also launching their own boot camps. We have a great article about this on Course Report. Check out our resources section. And now paying for boot camps. Paying for boot camps is always a topic at the front of people's minds when considering a career change. A couple of publications have covered this subject in June, starting with Time Magazine's Caitlin Mulherry. She explores whether the often high costs of coding boot camps are actually worth it for people trying to upskill and find a job or new career. She advises candidates to do their research and find boot camps that are licensed by the state, have great employer partnerships, have transparent job placement statistics, and of course, have great reviews on course report. That is fantastic advice. So then The Economist published an article in June which asked, should for-profit crash courses get federal funds? And that's a huge topic right now. So now that coding boot camps are starting to really see results and fill the demand for coders while helping people get into the workforce, this Economist article asks whether these boot camps should now be eligible for, for federal funding. We actually picked up a copy of that because they mentioned course report. Yay! With the uncertainty and lack of consistency surrounding job placement rates, it's difficult for people to know for sure how effective each individual boot camp is. But last year, the Department of Education launched a pilot program to allow students to get federal aid for non-traditional providers like boot camps as long as they have been assessed by a third party. But the article ultimately concludes that it's probably too soon and too risky to use taxpayer money on these boot camps. Okay, Imogen, what's going on with outcomes? Reporting outcomes at coding boot camps continues to be a very hot topic. As more and more boot camps open, it gets harder for prospective students to work out which boot camps are actually getting great jobs for their graduates. This debate over outcomes and how they can be standardized continues in a TechCrunch article by Daryl Silver. The article asks how candidates can work out which boot camps are actually getting great job placement results. It also criticizes schools for marketing their programs using one-off achievements, like someone getting a job at Google, without setting reasonable expectations. Daryl acknowledges that there are definitely legitimate boot camps out there which do find great jobs for their students, but it's so difficult for candidates to work out which ones those are. So everyone remember that Daryl is the CEO of a boot camp, Online Bootcamp Thinkful, so the article does definitely have that slant. Um, and it is true that Thinkful has a pretty transparent outcomes report out, but now a lot of schools uh, do too. So you can see Hack Reactor, Turing, Lighthouse Labs, Flatiron School, those are all examples of schools who have released outcomes reports detailing their methods. And then also schools like Sabio and Turing and Lighthouse Labs actually share that data on their course report school pages. And we love seeing that transparency. Hopefully that's helpful to students too. And we also have an update on Tech Hire. In case you need a reminder, it's a White House initiative to expand local tech sectors by building tech talent pipelines in communities across the country. At the end of June, the White House announced the recipients of $150 million in Tech Hire partnership grants, including $126 million for at-risk and disadvantaged Americans. And communities around the country each received between $3 and $5 million to put towards training tracks in technology. Communities include Atlanta, Albuquerque, Brunswick, Cincinnati, Kansas City, Miami, Milwaukee, Raleigh, New York, DC, Seattle, Indianapolis, and more. Check out the White House website to find out what the other communities were. 
that is a lot of community submitted. So <laughs> Core Support has actually made a commitment to Tech Hire. We're providing information to the community about employer satisfaction and outcomes while highlighting Tech Hire communities. So look forward to seeing that report in a couple of months. And on to our favorite segment, cool things schools are doing. <laughs> So this month we all agreed that the coolest new venture comes from New York-based coding bootcamp Full Stack Academy. They announced that they'll start investing in startups founded by their alumni. Laura Colony at TechCrunch and Ray Batra at EdSurge both covered this story about how Full Stack aims to fund eight companies each year to show students that they really believe in their skills. To qualify for investment, startups must have at least one Full Stack Academy graduate as a co-founder. And remember that according to our last Outcomes and Demographics report, we asked about career intentions, and we found that 1 in 10 bootcamp grads plan to start their own business. So this is super relevant. Congratulations to Fullstack. Every month, we add new coding bootcamps to course report, and many existing coding bootcamps open new campuses around the U.S. and the world. So new bootcamps we've added in June include Skylab Coders Academy in Barcelona, Spain, Arkansas Coding Academy in Conway, Arkansas, online bootcamp remoter.com, Digital Citizen, a free program in Miami, Florida, and then Hack School MX, that's in Monterey, Mexico, Ubiquim Code Academy in Miami and in Barcelona, and Hacktivate in Jakarta, Indonesia. We've also added Spice Academy in Berlin, Germany, Elium Academy in Brussels, Belgium, Northwestern Coding Bootcamp at Northwestern University in Chicago, and Port Academy in Oakland. Plus, tons of bootcamps are expanding and opening new campuses, including Colorado Coding Bootcamp Galvanize, which has recently signed a lease on a space in New York for their first New York campus. Um, that's also going to be the first East Coast location for that bootcamp. They've got campuses in Austin, Phoenix, San Francisco, and Seattle. So welcome to New York, Galvanize. So let's wrap it up by reflecting on our favorite blog posts to work on this month. Imogen, did you have a favorite? Yeah, so I actually really enjoyed interviewing Jennifer Sardina from Flatiron School, who now has an awesome job working for TheKnot.com. She had had such a varied career and had worked as a chemistry lab technician, a health coach, and also a foreign language teacher before she decided to learn to code at Flatiron. Plus, she's also a full-time mom. Yeah, Imogen, I loved that story um, in reading about Jennifer. She's such a girl boss. So I got to do a video interview with Pat Poles, who is the VP of Engineering at Eventbrite, which is pretty amazing. And he's also hired several Hackbrite Academy grads. Hackbrite is the all-women's engineering school in San Francisco. And I wanted to share my favorite part of that interview, um, which was Pat's answer when I asked him what makes Hackbrite grads really special. He said, there's an element of fearlessness that exists for people who have self-selected into a boot camp like Hackbrite Academy. Hackbrite grads haven't all necessarily had traditional schooling or backgrounds. I know about having non-traditional backgrounds because I have one myself. Pat was a professional poker player. And I think that developers who have shown fearlessness tend to be really strong. That's such a cool word to describe Hackbrite grads, fearless. It definitely is. So can we see both of those on the blog now? Yes, they're both there on the Course Report blog. So that brings us to the end of the Course Report Monthly News Roundup. Thanks everyone for listening. We hope that you learned something new and we will see you. Well, well, well you'll, you'll hear, hear us. You'll hear us. <laughs> Next month. Bye. Bye.